The rise of agriculture has widely been regarded as one of the most important shifts in human existence. The emergence of farming, the deliberate change in the lifestyle of ancients, underpins many important later developments in human history. However, the origins of farming, from the hunters to gatherers to farmers, won't be the focus of our discussion, but we will consider what happened in between. Let's understand how humans actively shaped the diversity of the flora and fauna surrounding every single one of us. Episode 7 Genetic Variation, Selection, and Domestication Welcome aboard mga kabayo! This is Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. This is the podcast in which we will discuss biology and science-related topics, themes, articles, discoveries, knowledge, and everything and anything present on Earth, this solar system, and the universe. Because what? Science is around us. This podcast is created to provide additional information, factual discussion, and health exchange of ideas across different fields and disciplines related to life sciences. So, if you're interested in the contemporary discussions related to sciences and biology, hop on to our discussions, learn, argue, and harness critical thinking about the ins and outs, the facts and bluffs, the history, recent developments, and breaking news related to geeky science and stuff. Bring both ears and let's explore the world of science and biology around us. Welcome to Hainaya na Tagham, the podcast. Hmm, is this working? Hello? Niririnig ako? Hello? Uy! Hello mga kabayo! Welcome to another episode of Hainaya na Tagham, the podcast. And welcome to episode number 7. Well, hindi na ako magpapaligoy-ligoy pa sa episode natin ngayon and let's simply start with the different topics sa pag-uusapan natin na sabihin na natin na medyo malayo dun sa mga nakagawian natin na way ng discussion kasi in this case, pag-uusapan naman natin ng actual application ng iba't ibang mga genetic concepts. Simulan muna natin with the concept of genetic diversity then mamaya-maya pag-usapan natin yung dalawang uri ng selection then Ano nga ba yung naging significance ng mga selection na yun with the domestication na sabihin na natin na ang reason kung bakit nga ba marami tayong organisms na kilala ngayon, organisms na ginawa nating alaga, organisms na ating kinoconsume, at mga organisms na sabihin na natin na sobrang kakaiba kung ikukumpara natin doon sa kanilang mga ancient counterparts. Ano nga ba talaga ang significance ng mga pinagagawa ng mga tao during the ancient times to the different organisms and the different forms, different um, physique, um, different physiology of the different organisms na alam natin sa kasalukuyang panahon? Oh, sobrang lalim. So let's start with the concept of genetic variation. Well, genetic variation is actually one of the determining factors when it comes to the concept of evolution. Kapag kasi sinabi natin na genetic variation, it simply refers to the different alleles 
or ito yung iba't ibang mga presence ng traits of a certain type of gene found within individuals of a population. So, if we're going to talk about the natural populations, it actually contains a wealth of different types of variations. Kung nare-recall ninyo on previous episodes na pag-usapan natin sa podcast na ito, obviously, we have the concept of gene pool. Kaya dun sa gene pool na yun, dun natin makikita yung iba't ibang mga variations, dun natin makikita yung iba't ibang mga alleles, dun natin makikita yung mga iba't ibang traits na maari mag-manifest sa isang organism. Okay? So, ano nung nga ba yung example sa variation na ito? Or yung mga alleles na present sa gene pool? So, sabihin na natin sa tao, we have the presence of the ABO blood type. Kung bakit merong mga tao na merong blood type A, merong blood type B, blood type O, or even blood type AB, ay dahil yun dun sa iba't ibang mga alleles na present dun sa gene pool natin na merong mga tao na merong blood type A na merong gantong iba't ibang uri ng characteristics for instance, the presence of thick hair o kaya naman the presence of curly hair the presence of brown or um, blue iris yun yung mga characteristics na present sa kanila why? it is simply because of the different manifestations ng mga alleles or ng mga traits na present dun sa gene pool na present sa Homo sapiens sapiens or to us modern humans. Okay? So, the word evolution, kung i-relate natin ito with the concept of genetic variation, is obviously widely used in the natural and social sciences. Pero ang mas focus natin ngayon when it comes to the relationship of genetic variation with the concept of evolution ay ito na nga yung mga tinatawag natin na iba't ibang uri ng selection which lead us to the concept of domestication. Now, kapag sinabi natin selection and with the concept of evolution, meron tayong dalawang basic concepts and basic types of selection. Meron tayong tinatawag na natural selection and if that term ring a bell to every single one of you, kapag sinabi kasi natin na natural selection, it is actually related with the concepts that were established by Charles Darwin. When it comes to the different um, characteristics that were present on the different organisms and na observe niya na nagkaroon siya ng voyage yes, voyage voyage sa um, Galapagos Island, he observed that there are actually different types of manifestations ng iba't ibang mga characteristics na present sa isang uri ng organism. Specifically, ito yung mga rinches. Okay. Ito yung isa sa mga pinakaunang evidences ng evolution na na-consider ni Charles Darwin. Kapag sinabi kasi natin na natural selection, it is actually related with the concept of the survival of the fittest. Okay? Ang principle kasi natin ng natural selection is that in nature or dun sa mismong environment na kung nasaan yung mga organisms na yun, yung mga organisms na merong mas magagandang set ng traits or ng characteristics will produce more offspring and will be able to survive and reproduce. So, ibig sabihin lang doon, kung sino yung mga organisms na merong mas maraming um, population at the same time, mas magandaan traits o kaya naman ay meron silang mas kaaya-ayang traits that will... Um, give them higher chance of reproducing sila yung mga organisms na merong ganong set ng traits na mabubuhay in nature. So basically, kapag kinoconsider natin a natural selection, we are actually letting nature do its work. 
Pero hinahayaan natin ang nature na kung sino man yung organism na magsusurvive after different types of hazards, different types of calamities, or different types of disasters, sila yung mga organisms na mabubuhay. That's the thing about natural selection. Ang environment mismo ang pumipili kung sino nga ba ang magsusurvive na organism. But if we're going to consider the concept of natural selection, It is somewhat related dun sa mga discussions na napag-usapan natin dati, specifically when it comes to the concept of mutation. Ang nangyayari muna dito sa iba't ibang mga organisms, for them to possess different types of characteristics, ay nagkakaroon sila ng mutation, and with the presence of these mutations, nagkakaroon sila ng adaptations. Then nakakapag-adapt sila dun sa mga environments sa kung nasaan sila ngayon. Now, balikan natin yung namensya ko kanina na finches. After makolekta ni Charles Darwin yung mga specimen ng finches mula dun sa tatlong islands ng Galapagos, no-observe niya na merong iba't ibang characteristics na present dun sa beak or dun sa tuka ng mga finches na ito. Na na-observe at unti-unting na-deduce ni Charles Darwin na ang reason kung bakit niya ba meron silang iba't ibang beaks ay dahil dun sa kanilang diet. Kasi iba-iba yung kinoconsume ng mga organisms sa to. Nagkaroon ngayon ng adaptation yung mga finches na kung saan ang ilan sa mga finches since sobrang dami ng finches or species ang kumakain ng gantong uri ng pagkain, nagkaroon na sila dito ng mutation and then at the same time adaptation na mag-consume ng iba pang mga organisms o kaya naman ng ibang parte ng halaman na ito. Kung meron mga finches na kumakain ng buto ng mga fruits na present dun sa island ng Galapagos, ang ilan naman dun sa mga finches ay obviously kakainin yung flesh nung mismong fruit na yon. O kaya naman, ang ilan dun sa mga finches na yon from being herbivores, sila ay naging insectivores na ang kinakainan nila ngayon ay yung mga insekto na present dun sa puno na yon. While some finches are grain-eating finches while some of them are actually eating succulents o kaya naman iba pang mga organisms iba pang mga halaman na present dun sa lugar na yun. Now, kung tutuusin, when it comes to the concept of natural selection, mapapansin natin dito that it is actually a driver for different types of organisms to adapt to the changes that will simply happen in their environment kung ano't ano man ang mga causes ng mga changes na yun para mag-survive ang population nila. Because if they will not adapt, they will perish. Ganun po ang concept natin when it comes to natural selection. Well, if you cannot adapt, you're actually going to perish. Kaso as a biology teacher, I don't actually believe with the concept of the survival of the fittest, but rather I do believe with the concept of the survival of the good enough. Minsan, when it comes to the natural world, being good enough is enough. Hindi mo kailangang maging pinakamatalino, hindi mo kailangang maging pinakamalakas, ang kailangan mo lang ay maging sapat. Well, hindi po ito hugot. But rather, that is actually the concept when it comes to the natural environment. Hindi sa lahat ng pagkakataon, kung sino yung merong the best characteristics, hindi ibig sabihin na ikaw ang wittiest, ikaw ang parati magsusurvive. But rather, the different odds were in your favor. Ganun po ang reason kung bakit nga ba nagkakaroon ng survival ng iba't ibang mga species. Well, actually, I just scratched the surface when it comes to the concept of natural selection. 
but uh, let's move forward since magkakaroon pa tayo ng mas marami pang discussions pagdating sa concept ng evolution kasi related muna tayo sa concept ng genetic variation, okay? For this episode, ang magiging focus natin na uri ng artificial selection is the artificial selection that involves humans. Because, duh, um, yun po ang topic natin ngayon, ang concept ng artificial selection and at the same time, kung ano nga ba ang naging effect nito with the course of the human civilization. Kapag sinabi natin artificial selection, ito na yung chances na kung saan ang mga tao ay pinipili na ngayon kung ano yung mga desirable trait na present sa isang organism na magstay dun sa organism na yun para mapakinabangan pa ng mga susunod na generation. Pumapasok po dito yung concept natin ng breeding and domestication. Since pinipili ng mga tao yung mga traits that would be very beneficial to every single one of us, yun po ngayon ang mga naiiwan at napapasang mga traits from one generation of organisms to the next. Please take note that artificial selection has long been used in agriculture to produce animals and crops with desirable traits na ginagamit na ngayon ng mga tao yung iba't ibang mga karakteristik na present sa iba't ibang mga organisms obviously for their benefit mainly ang goal ng artificial selection is to produce now quality products that can actually be consumed by our species so pwedeng ito ay maging karne pwedeng ito ay uh, maging source ng leather o kaya naman maging source ng balabal natin or ng ating damit or even presence na rin ng mga food crops na itinatanim natin. Kasi kung tutuusin, isa sa mga naging deliberate choice ngayon at isa sa mga pinaka naging malaking reason kung bakit nga ba nagpa-flourish ang ating civilization, kung bakit nga ba nagkaroon ng evolution, co-evolution ng humans with the presence of other organisms, ay dahil dun sa naging concept natin ng presence ng domestication. Well, kung tutuusin, kung i-relate natin ngayon ang concept ng domestication with the different food crops that we are actually enjoying at this very moment, um, maitatrace natin ito with the cradle of the civilization or simply the fertile crescent na present ngayon sa ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia. Kung tutuusin, ang concept natin ng civilization ay talaga nang galing sa lugar na ito, sa fertile crescent. And even the concept of farming, agriculture, and domestication, sobrang diverse ng naging history pagdating sa lugar na ito. Now, domestication is simply defined as the process of adapting wild plants and animals for human use. Domestic species are raised for food, work, clothing, medicine, and many other uses. Domesticated plants and animals must be raised and cared for by humans. And domesticated species are no longer wild. Well, from being hunters and gatherers, ang mga tao ay natuto ng maging farmers. Since hindi na uso ng mga pagkakataon ngayon na mga na lang, o kaya naman ay mag-gather na iba't ibang mga organisms from different locations or nagiging nomad or ang pagiging nomad ng mga tao during the ancient time ay hindi na talaga applicable dahil sa lumalaki na ang kanilang civilization, lumalaki na ang kanilang population, lumalaki na ang kanilang community. So, if we're actually going to trace this thinking, nagsimula talaga ito during the transition from the Mesolithic to Neolithic Age or the New Stone Age. 
na kung saan and during the time of the New Stone Age, dito na nagkaroon ng idea ang mga aboriginals that they could actually create a settlement that are actually near to bodies of water. Kaya nga kung mapapansin ninyo, majority of the civilizations at majority ng mga mamimension ko mamaya na iba't ibang mga locations na nagkaroon ng concept ng domestication ay malapit sa katubigan. Because if we're going to consider it, the bodies of water, hindi lang ang Mesopotamia, hindi lang ang Tigris and the Euphrates River ang naging cradle ng civilization, ang naging cradle ng domestication as well. But rather, a lot of civilizations na malapit sa katubigan, sila ngayon ang nagkaroon ng mga pinakaunang idea regarding the domestication of different types of organisms. Na, kung tutuusin, it is quite evident that life and even civilization originated from water or originated from locations near the bodies of water. And without water, life on earth would not be the same. So let's conserve water. <laughs> so, uh, well actually, th- th- that's um, a real deal. Pagdating sa tubig, pagdating sa fresh water, to, to be more precise, um, let's conserve water. Medyo lumala yun na yung discussion natin. So now, when it comes to the concept of domestication, balikan lang natin. Um, early humans actually domesticated here different types of organisms. Um, they domesticated plants and they also domesticated animals. Kung tutuusin, ang mga pinakauna talaga na, na domesticate at na-cultivate ng mga halaman, ito yung mga naglalaman ng starch. Kung tutuusin, starch, they are made out of sugars. And sugars, it is now responsible for the energy na kinakailangan ng mga tao o ng mga aboriginals during that time para magkaroon sila ng energy. So, if we're going to consider this, the plant species na, yes, it is species, okay? Mapas, um, plural man or singular, we are using the term species or species. Well, it is up to you. Basta meron siyang S. At do not use the term species. It, wala po tayong term na species. It is actually species, okay? Parati po siyang merong S. Okay, so, go, going back to the main discussion. Not only sa Mesopotamia, nagkaroon ng concept, obviously, ng domestication. Nagkaroon din po ng domestication sa iba't ibang panig ng mundo. Na-mention ko na nga kanina na kung malapit sa katubigan, there's a possibility that this civilization will flourish. And at the same time, these civilizations would actually create and cultivate different types of organisms. Okay. At ano-ano pa itong mga ibang examples natin ng mga halaman na na-cultivate ng iba't-ibang mga civilization? Well, let's simply start with the plant with the scientific name of Oryza sativa or it is rice. If we're actually going to trace the history of rice cultivation, Oryza sativa was actually domesticated from the wild grass Oryza rufifongon. Roughly around 10,000 to 14,000 years ago. And the two main subspecies ng Oryza sativa that are actually present now are Oryza sativa indica, which is prevalent in the tropical regions, and Oryza sativa haponica, which is now prevalent in the subtropical and temperate regions of specifically of East Asia. In China, 
Extensive archaeological evidence points to the middle of Yangtze and Upper Wai rivers as the two earliest places of Arisa sativa cultivation in the country. Then rice and farming implements dating back at least 8,000 years. Kung tutukusin ang tigas, ito ngayon ay present na sa tropical regions at obviously sobrang laki ng consumption ng mga Pilipino pagdating sa organism na ito. If we're going to consider now the recent developments when it comes to the cultivation and production of rice, these countries are actually producing a lot of rice na talagang kayang pumuno ng kaban ng bayan. And those countries are China, India, Indonesia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Vietnam, Thailand, Myanmar, Philippines, and Japan. If we're now going to consider the amount of rice that are produced by these Asian countries, it actually accounts for a total of 92% of the world's total rice production. Kaya nga kung tutuusin, ang bigas ay sobra, 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 sobra kinoconsume sa mga bansang ito. Because of its abundance and sobrang daming pinagagamitan talaga ng isa sa mga pinakaunang na cultivate na halaman dito sa Asia. And now, mula dun sa halaman na na-cultivate sa Asia, i-consider naman natin ngayon ang halaman na na-cultivate naman sa South America. And that is potato, potato, patatas. Well, cultivated potato, or the organism possessing the scientific name of Solanum tuberosum, was domesticated roughly around 8,000 to 10,000 years ago from wild species native to the Andes of southern Peru. And kung tutuusin, ang reason kung bakit nga ba na-enjoy natin ngayon ang patatas sa iba't-ibang shape, iba't-ibang sizes, iba't-ibang types ng luto, ito man ay pahaba, ito man ay pabilog, makapal, manipis, or ito man ay crushed, or ito man ay mushed, ay dahil sa cultivation na ginawa ng mga Peruvians. Potatoes became a pillar of food security and cultural heritage for ancient societies populating the highlands of Peru, Bolivia, and Ecuador. Then, potatoes were later cultivated under highland equatorial conditions na nagsimula ito dun sa mga countries of Colombia, then Venezuela, then ito'y unti-unti nang kumalat sa buong mundo. Well, because of the trade system na naging present. Na ang trade system ay hindi lang nagdala ng iba't ibang mga organisms from one place to the next kaya ito'y nakultivate sa iba't ibang lugar but also diseases na pag-uusapan naman natin sa ibang episode ng Hainayin at Agham. Potatoes reach our plate because of the cultivation nangyari dati. Well, cutting backtrack lang. Kung tutusin, ang rice, it is actually an example of a weed. Okay? Isa lang siyang damo. Kaso because of the gradual cultivation, unti-unti na nagkaroon tayo ng iba't ibang mga uri ng bigas. Yung mga bigas naman na available sa market ay nakadepende sa kung ano yung size ng kanilang grain, kung ano yung kanilang weather condition, o kaya naman kung sila ba ay bagong hango, o kaya naman kung gaano sila katagal na nakaibak. 
Okay? That's the thing about rice. Well, in the case of potatoes, since this is actually an example of a tuber, tubers are specialized stems that are present under the soil. Okay? Doon sila nagde-develop. That tubers are actually responsible for storing starch. Nakapareho lang din ng ni-start ng mga bigas. Okay? Na kung tutuusin, yung mga potatoes, nung hindi pa sila nakukultivate, sobrang liliit lang nila. Kung ang marble potato sa tingin mo ay maliit, well, the original potatoes ay mas maliit pa dito. Okay? Mas maliit pa din sa size ng marble potato na ang size lang talaga nila is roughly around a dime or around a centavo. Kung kukuha ka man ng 25 cents, there's a possibility na baka mas malaki pa yung 25 cents kesa dun sa mga pinakauna na kukultivate or pre-cultivated na mga potatoes. Kasi mukha lang talaga silang mga ugat. Mukha lang silang mga bumps na present sa ugat. Kaso, sila nga ay unti-unting na-cultivate at unti-unting na-domesticate hanggang sa makarating na ito ngayon sa kinatatayuan o basically hindi sila nakatayo na present ngayon sa ating hapag kainan Okay. Kasi nga, nagkaroon ng artificial selection. Kung ano yung pinakagusto natin traits yun ngayon ang present. So, other than the presence of potato from the South America, let's now proceed to the Central America. And that is now the cultivation and domestication of corn. Or also known as maize. Maize was domesticated from its wild grass ancestor more than 8,700 years ago. According to biological evidence uncovered by researchers in Mexico, its earliest date of cultivation is actually 1,200 years ago. Then, kung tutuusin, kung ikukumpara natin ngayon ang itsura ng pre-domesticated corn sa mais na present ngayon sa mga palengke o kaya naman ay kinukonsume kasi mahal na araw na and marami na naman sila during this time ang size lang talaga ng pre-domesticated corn ay halos kamukha lang ng tambo na nilagyan mo ng isang row or dalawang row ng corn kernel if you're aware of the tambo yung grass na ginagamit sa walis tambo obviously that's the tambo okay Ganoon lang yung kanyang itsura, then lagyan mo ng 1 or 2 rows ng corn kernels. Ganoon lang ang itsura ng pre-cultivated na corn. And if you're now going to compare it with the corn that we have today, sobrang iba ang kanyang itsura. Okay, and if you're aware of this, ang corn and even rice, they belong to the same family. And... That is the grass family or also known as the Powasii. Kamag-anak din nila ang bamboo. So magkakamag-anak yung mga organisms na yan. Sila ay present sa isa sa mga pinakamalaking monocot groups na present sa Kingdom Plantae. And that is the family Powasii. Yun yung pamilya ng mga damo. Okay? Damo na hindi cannabis. Ha? Okay? Ibang usapan ng cannabis. Ang cannabis ay hindi member ng family Powasii. Ibang family kasama si Cannabis. So, 
That's the thing about those domesticated organisms. Pagdating kay rice, potato, and corn. And before we jump from the plant kingdom to the animal kingdom when it comes to the concept of domestication, let's simply consider here another peculiar example. At ang example na ito ay ang presence ng anim na iba't ibang uri ng vegetables na presence sa isang halaman. And those vegetables are the Brussels sprouts, cabbage, kale, broccoli, cauliflower, and mustard. And yes, lahat sila ay nanggaling sa iisang organism. And that is the wild mustard plant or also known as Brassica oleracei. This organism ay sobrang overly used na na-cultivate na during the ancient times pa. And hindi ba kung totoo sin, because of the presence of domestication and selective breeding, sobrang daming tao na, sobrang daming organisms na ang nabusog at napakain ng process na ito. And that is actually one of the reasons kung bakit nga ba nagkaroon ng selective breeding for consumption of humans. Then from the plant kingdom, let's now consider the animal kingdom. Now, when it comes to the animal kingdom, ano na nga ba ang iba't ibang mga organisms na na-cultivate ng mga tao? Well, let's simply start with the presence of our best friend. The man's best friend, which are the dogs. Now, if we're going to consider here man's best friend, ancient canines share ancestry with the modern dogs. And if we're going to consider this, when it comes to the different changes that simply happen on the DNA ng mga organisms na ito, pwede nating mailagay ang domestication of these organisms probably around 20,000 and 40,000 years ago. So, yun yung time na kung saan nagkaroon ng first alpha. That is the time when dogs started to be domesticated from wild wolves. Kasi nakasama ng mga tao ang wolves when it comes to hunting. And nung dahil sa unti-unti nang natin ng mga humans ang mga dogs, yung mga karakteristics ngayon na naipasa ng mga naunang domesticated dogs sa kanilang mga offspring, yun na yung nagpatuloy ng kanilang lineage. Yung tameness ng mga organisms na yun ay nagstay na dun sa mga domesticated dogs na nawala na or na-silence na dun sa kanilang mga ancient counterparts. Okay, kung mararecall ninyo, we have the presence of the different silencing genes. Nararecall ninyo yung concept na epigenetics. Because of the presence of humans dun sa evolution ng mga aso, yun ang reason kung bakit nga ba nagkaroon tayo ng domesticated dogs. Yun ang reason kung bakit nga ba ang dogs became man's best friend. And to simply give justice, I won't discuss very much details when it comes to this episode at bigyan natin ang sariling highlight ang man's best friend in the future episodes of this podcast. And tandaan yan. And after the presence of dogs, let's consider now the domestication of horses. Well, if we're going to consider this, horses were actually domesticated 6,000 years ago on the grasslands of Ukraine, Southwest Russia and west of Kazakhstan. 
it is actually based on a study that was conducted during the year 2012 that domestic horses spread from those locations, from those grasslands, papunta ngayon sa Europe na ang reason kung bakit na mas further na domesticate ang mga horses is because of transportation. Well, ang wild horses, sila ay hindi tamed, obviously. Mas aggressive, di hamak na aggressive, di hamak na mas mabilis tumakbo ang wild horses. But the domesticated horses, sila ay good enough na. Just like what I mentioned earlier. They're already good enough for transportation, for carrying different types of goods, for um, the exchange of goods, for barter, for um, for trading. Na, ito na yung mga organisms na ginamit because they are faster, obviously, and they can go miles. Dahil nga, sa endurance sa presence sa mga organisms na ito. That is the reason why horses isa sa mga pinakauna na pakinabangan na domesticated na organism. Then, there is actually the domestication of galus-galus or chicken. Well, if we're going to consider now the domestication of chicken, well, Southeast Asian representative po uli ito. Na yung mga fowl or the chicken, sila ay actually nanggaling dun sa mga ancient counterparts nila na present ngayon sa kagubatan of Southeast Asia. If we're going to consider their genealogy, it actually started um, being domesticated from around 7,000 to 10,000 years ago. And kung tutuusin, ang origin talaga ng galus-galus or ng common domesticated chicken because of the presence of the species of red jungle fowl that is actually abundant in Southeast Asia. Kaso kaya nga lang ito kumalat across the world is because of the galleon trade na ang reason kung bakit nga ba nakapagdala ng spices ng presence ng iba't ibang mga organisms from one place to another ay dahil po sa naging sistema na ito. And further, na domesticate ang chickens on the European nations na lumabas pa nga siya sa Biblia. Then, it is also domesticated in China and other nations. Na kung saan ang chicken, it became one of the main staples pagdating sa protein source ng iba't ibang mga bansa. And at the same time, naging staple na rin ito when it comes to cock fights for entertainment. Okay, so medyo marami na akong hugot sa episode na ito. And to simply cap off this episode, um, yes, sobrang daming application ngayon ng genetic variation concept ng artificial selection and domestication when it comes to humans. Sobrang naging beneficial nito sa mga tao. Sobrang naging beneficial nito sa pagkakaroon natin ng civilization. Sobrang naging significant nito sa co-evolution and coexistence sa iba't ibang mga organisms. Well, kung tutusin, sobrang dami nang na-edit, sobrang dami nang naiba ng mga tao when it comes to our environment. Which is somewhat positive kung tutusin, pero meron pa rin itong negative effects because it is affecting a lot of organisms. Then, if the reset button, which is the natural selection, will happen, ano na ngayon ang mangyayari sa mga tao? If we will abuse the environment, kung patuloy natin nga abusuhin, 
ang environment natin because of the different changes na ginagawa natin because of the different choices na nagpapadali sa buhay natin baka literal na dumali ma-wipe out ka agad ang humanity on the surface of the earth because the reset button is the natural selection it is not the wisest it is not the most intelligent it is not the strongest but rather it is the good enough species that will survive it is the good enough trait that will survive ito ba ay magiging humans in the end? we don't know that's natural selection speaking it's the environment it's our nature just consider those things okay? and maging cautious na human beings wag maging pabigat sa ating environment but rather tumulong wag maging pabigat kay mother nature wag maging pabigat sa ating environment but rather be active citizens be the catalyst of change And speaking of catalysts of change, huwag ninyong kalimutan na magparehistro para kayo ay makaboto para sa pagbabago na inaasam ng mamayang Pilipino. If you want to interact with me, if you want to send message, if you want to send suggestions or comments or even violent reactions, if you want to engage to more discussions, we're actually available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and that is at Hainayan on those social media platforms or you can just follow me on my personal Twitter and Instagram account and that is at Red Anatomy. Hanggang sa muli, ito ang inyong gurong lakan from Bulacan, Red. And this is Hainayan at Agham, the podcast. Hainayan, magpakailanman. Paalam. Paalam.